This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Megan versus The Firm. There is an active role that The Firm is playing in perpetuating falsehoods about us. Very suspicious that they would now talk about Megan being a bully or a mean girl right before the Oprah interview. Then... Breaking his silence. The QAnon warrior with horns and a spear. His jailhouse interview. And the Bachelor host. He says he wants his job back. I want to be back. Plus. Is there a doctor on the plane? How about three? How they came to the rescue of a passenger in distress. Truly a blessing you guys were on that flight. Plus. How dirty are your kids' toys? Could they be loaded with germs? Wait till you see what we found. Oh, oh my gosh. And there's no business like show business. Now they're keeping their neighbors entertained during the pandemic. From the front stoop. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. The unprecedented statement from Buckingham Palace that it will be looking into allegations that Duchess Meghan was abusive to members of her royal household is causing shockwaves here in the United States and in the UK. And in a just-released clip from Sunday's sit-down with Oprah, Meghan accuses the royal family of perpetrating falsehoods against her. Emma Cagliano has more. Brace yourself for the latest clip from Oprah's blockbuster interview with Meghan Markle. I don't know how they could expect that after all of this time, we would still just be silent if there is an active role that the firm is playing in perpetuating falsehoods about us. Yup, Meghan refers to the royal family as the firm, which is what the royals call themselves in private. If that comes with risk of losing things, I mean, I've, there's a lot that's been lost already. Wow, that is quite a situation. The drama surrounding the royal family is growing by the day. A lot of people are saying it seems very suspicious that they would now talk about Meghan being a bully or a mean girl right before the Oprah interview. The Daily Mail's Charlie Langston. Personally, I think that this is the move that will completely sever ties between Meghan and Harry and the royals once and for all. More claims are emerging that Meghan bullied her staff. Reports say Meghan was so difficult to work for, two of them quit. One ex-staffer was quoted as saying, I can't stop shaking. Another staffer was described as emotionally broken and driven to tears. Words are being used describing the working environment as hostile, distrustful, 
poisonous. One incident allegedly happened when Meghan and Harry were in Fiji in 2018. The eyes of the world were on Meghan for what was her first foreign royal tour since marrying into the British royal family. Meghan reportedly had a meltdown as she was leaving this marketplace and hissed at a staffer who was later seen crying in a car. In an unprecedented move, Buckingham Palace has launched an investigation into whether Meghan created a toxic work environment. Meghan says the allegations are false and her supporters call it a smear campaign and wonder privately whether it is retaliation for the Oprah interview. The talks Cheryl Underwood thinks it's racially motivated. Because she's black. I'm going to keep it real. Because of all the things that have been done in that family, and for anybody to say, don't make it racial, I'm making it racial. They are angry. They're furious to see someone who was one of their most trusted members sitting with his wife in front of a huge TV star and airing all of these secrets and scandals that the palace absolutely never wanted to come out. Of the more than 200 people arrested in connection with the assault on the Capitol, this guy was the most noticeable. He says he's a QAnon shaman. And as Stephen Fabian reports, he now says he's got one huge regret about his actions on January 6th. He was the most notorious insurrectionist at the Capitol. The QAnon shaman in buffalo horns and a coyote headdress carrying a spear. Look at him today. Jacob Chansley is behind bars at a detention center in Virginia, defiant and defensive. My actions were not an attack on this country. That is incorrect. That is inaccurate entirely. He spoke exclusively to Laurie Siegel for 60 minutes plus, seen on the new streaming service Paramount Plus. Is he sorry at all for what he did? He says he regrets going into that building with every fiber of his being. Chansley was caught on camera sitting in Vice President Mike Pence's chair in the Senate chamber, leaving this ominous note. It's only a matter of time. Justice is coming. And leading his fellow insurrectionists in prayer. I sing a song, and that's a part of shamanism. It's about um, creating positive vibrations in a sacred chamber. I also stop people from stealing and vandalizing that sacred space, the Senate. Okay, I actually stopped somebody from stealing muffins out of the out of the break room. He genuinely believed that Donald Trump was going to be there and be there with them. And as he said, quote, had his back. Um, he, you know, talks about being devastated when he didn't receive a pardon from Donald Trump. He believed that he was going to get a pardon. The nation's capital was on high alert today. According to a joint intelligence bulletin, domestic extremists emboldened by the January 6th attack discussed plans to take control of the U.S. Capitol and remove Democratic lawmakers on or about March 4th. Security around the Capitol was beefed up. The House even shut down for the day. We spoke to CBS News congressional correspondent Chris Van Cleve. We have for weeks now gotten used to the fence line. It's topped with razor wire and these these checkpoints. This morning, there were far more police officers at those checkpoints and they were heavily armed. Far more National Guard troops out patrolling the grounds. It's a very visible security presence, a very visible security increase. But at least for now, all is quiet on the streets of our capital. National Guard troops will remain in Washington to protect the Capitol until March 12. The Pentagon has not yet decided whether to extend the deployment.
Other news today, Bachelor host Chris Harrison says he made a mistake, but he doesn't think it's a mistake that should cost him his job. In his first comments since stepping aside, he admits he was wrong to excuse historical racism, but he says he hopes to return to the show. It was a mistake. I made a mistake. Bachelor host Chris Harrison wants his job back. Harrison came under fire after defending contestant Rachel Kirkcanal, who liked a photo on social media featuring a Confederate flag and who attended an old South Plantation-themed party in 2018. Rachel has since apologized and is now a frontrunner on the show, which for the first time features a black bachelor. A lot of people, and I'm wondering, why would you defend Rachel? Rachel Kirkinell. I am an imperfect man. I made a mistake and I own that. I believe that mistake doesn't reflect who I am or what I stand for. He now says antebellum parties should have never been deemed acceptable. Antebellum parties are not okay. Past, present, future. Harrison stepped aside from hosting duties. Today, he made it clear he wants his job back. I plan to be back and I want to be back. This interview is not the finish line. There is much more work to be done. GMA co-host Michael Strahan didn't seem to be impressed. It felt like it got nothing more than a surface response on any of this. And obviously, he is the man who wants to clearly stay on the show, but only time will tell if there is any meaning behind his words. Some are calling Chris Harrison a victim of cancel culture. And Jimmy Kimmel had a stern warning about the recent trend after it was announced that six of Dr. Seuss's books will no longer be published because of racist and insensitive imagery. This is how Trump gets reelected, by the way. Cancel Dr. Seuss, cancel Abe Lincoln, melt down Mr. Potato Head's private parts. The controversy is not hurting sales. Nine out of the top ten books on Amazon are by Dr. Seuss. If you were having a medical emergency on a plane, this was the flight to be on. After a woman had trouble breathing and went into distress, not one, not two, but three doctors on board jumped in to help. Lisa Guerrero has details. This airline passenger had a medical emergency in midair, but she was lucky, as in lucky times three. There were three doctors on board who worked together to save her life. It ended up being a dire situation, a near fatal situation. I do think there was divine intervention. We were meant to be there, you know, at the right place at the right time. The drama happened on a flight from Miami to Los Angeles, 45 minutes in the air, and a flight attendant got on the intercom and announced the medical crisis and asked if there was a doctor on board. Dr. Salima Thobani and her husband, Dr. Rahim Govani, rushed to help the woman. I think she started to have chest pain too at a certain point. And that's when we were like, okay, something is going on here. There was more. Their friend, Dr. Nilesh Vora, joined in. I asked her if it was an elephant sitting on her chest. And she said, I get that sensation. The elephant is really is, is putting pressure on my chest. Dr. Govani asked to speak with the pilot. I ended up saying, you know, I really think that if you don't land, she's going to die on this plane. The pilot made an emergency landing in Houston, and the passenger managed a wave as she was taken off by paramedics. The midair drama happened as the three doctors were returning from the Super Bowl. They were at the game as special guest frontline medical workers. The coach of the L.A. Rams sent the docs a personal message. Just so grateful for what you guys do. Truly a blessing you guys were on that flight. Doctor on board, 
Make that three. The three of us formed a really great team. The ER doctor told the woman's family that she would have died if those three doctors on board the plane hadn't stepped in to help. There is intense reaction continuing to the news that next Wednesday, Texas will end all COVID mandates. In fact, some people are so angry about the decision, they're recommending the Lone Star State be banned from getting vaccines. Les Trent has more. There's uproar today over calls for Texas to be barred from getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Left-wing political commentator Keith Olbermann posted, why are we wasting vaccinations on Texas if Texas has decided to join the side of the virus? There was an immediate backlash on social media. One Texan posted, people deserve to stay safe and healthy no matter who they voted for. And the last thing, the last thing we need is Neanderthal thinking. And that remark by the president about easing restrictions too soon infuriated Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. How dare him attack Texas for our policies when he is allowing the border to be overrun by people coming in here by the hundreds, by the thousands? and testing positive? What a hypocrite. Meanwhile, across the USA, vaccinations are ramping up. Here at Yankee Stadium, doses of the new single-shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine will be given throughout the night, starting tonight. In the coming days, two other mass vaccination sites will open in New York City, and they'll be open throughout the night, specifically to administer the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. With many Americans thinking Pfizer and Moderna shots are more effective than J&J's, medical experts are warning everyone not to be choosy. All of these vaccines are going to protect you against the things that matter the most. It's going to keep you out of the hospital. It's going to keep you out of the ICU. It's not. It's going to keep you from dying. And this woman may be America's longest long-haul victim of COVID. Fitness instructor Pam Newman was the first person diagnosed with COVID in New Jersey. That was a year ago this week. How long were you sick? 31 days with a fever and then 14 subsequent days still in isolation. But after suffering chest pains during workouts, Pam found the virus has done permanent damage to her heart. They found a 40% blockage of the left main artery. Took a battery of tests to finally find that. And check out this special delivery by actor Hugh Jackman. It's delicious. Jackman bakes sourdough bread for frontline workers he hears about on social media. This one went to Alina Jackson, an ER nurse in New York. A moment she'll never forget. And this opera singer whose show was postponed indefinitely because of the pandemic is still singing. It's just on a different stage. Call him the Brownstone Baritone. And I'll be there of Every week, Peter Kendall Clark gets on a stoop in Brooklyn and the magic begins. Does no one know it's like I'm losing my mind? desperate for some live entertainment one year into the pandemic have been packing the street to listen. I came down with my little speaker and I just sang, uh, you know, I think I sang I sang like a little Carmen. Sometimes his talented neighbor joins in for a duet. There's no business like show business. The playlist is mostly show tunes, like this classic from Annie Get Your Gun. Anything you can sing, I can sing higher. It's the hottest ticket in town. Make that the only ticket in town right now. 
we very rarely miss a performance. There's a nice feeling of community that has developed in, in a neighborhood. And Peter has given us this as a gift. Will you pick me up? Peter, who by day works as a music teacher, is thrilled that he's lifting spirits with a little night music. In a time when you think for yourself, what can I do? I mean, it's like we're going through a war together. It suddenly felt like this is what I can do. Let's go on with the show. Bravo. Peter has now performed over 150 concerts out on that stoop. We'll be back with more right after this. Next, the women behind the Bush family dynasty, the matriarch, the daughter-in-law, the granddaughters. All of these women have one characteristic. Plus, how dirty are your kids' toys? Could they be loaded with germs? Wait till you see what we found. Oh, my gosh. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. We'll be right back. It is one of the most powerful political dynasties in America. Now a new book details what you may not know about the women of the Bush family. They are the women of the Bush dynasty. Barbara, the matriarch, her daughter-in-law, Laura, the granddaughters, Jenna and Barbara. Now their lives are examined in a new book, Grace and Steel, by best-selling author J. Randy Tarabarelli. I think what's important to note about the Bush women is that all of these women have one characteristic, which is to give. You know, all of these women um, were, in their own ways, public servants. The book details the relationship between Barbara and Laura. When you think about two first ladies in a family, many wives have issues with their mothers-in-law. But imagine the complication when your mother-in-law was first lady before you were. You know, and when your mother-in-law is Barbara Bush. The author also details an alleged affair between former President George H.W. Bush and a member of his staff that has been kept under wraps for decades. A long 18-year affair that her husband, George H.W. Bush, had with a woman uh, who worked for him. And I think that it really says a lot about their very, very long marriage that they were able to survive it. But it also says a lot about Barbara that she put up with it for so long. The other woman is said to be a White House aide named Jennifer Fitzgerald. Here she is pictured with the president while the first lady Barbara Bush looks on. Fitzgerald has long denied the affair. Barbara Bush died in 2018. The nation is mourning the death of former first lady Barbara Bush. Her funeral was a major event attended by all of these first ladies, including Melania Trump. After 73 years of marriage with all its ups and downs, President Bush's grief was evident with his tears. And when we come back, how dirty are your kids' toys? Wait till you see what we found when we did some testing. Have you looked at your kids' toys lately? You might be grossed out by what we found. Hello, Daddy. These two cuties love playing with their furry friends. How are you today? But as they hug and kiss them, kids just might be getting an unexpected mouthful of dirt and harmful germs. Look at these videos posted online. It shows just how dirty stuffed animals can get. So how dirty are the toys and stuffed animals in your home? And could they be loaded with germs that could make your child sick? To find out, we brought professional toy cleaner Sandra Gordon of Baby Quip to help us take the dirt out of the toys. We also swabbed them for germs. They're just collecting debris 
germs, microbes, mold, and you can't see it, it's microscopic. High five. Woo! Emerson and Xavier love to play with their stuffed animals. Sandy gave them a thorough cleaning. How dirty were they? Check out the water. It turns brown. Time to show mom. Oh, that is really gross. I never would have thought that that much dirt would have been in these guys. Then we returned with the lab results. We actually found four different types of bacteria. Oh my Four? God. One type we found on this little guy, it's called Staph aureus, and it is harmful. It could cause skin infections, even pneumonia. Oh my God, that's pretty serious and definitely not something I would expect to find on a stuffed animal. When we come back, the baby blues. Finally today, two siblings are enough. These sisters are about to find out if they will have a new baby brother or sister. What's mommy gonna have? A baby. The news is too much for two-year-old Claire. Are you excited to be a big sister? No. No? She storms off. That's not so bad. That's Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.